You're listening to the Winbuild Send Podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Menchaca. Thanks for listening. Play this record as frequently as possible. So, okay, so this is Gabriel Menchaca. I'm here with Christian Galvez. Hello, uh, longtime friend, and we are going to talk about something that's pretty. Um, I guess it's it's pretty in the in the media right now. There's a lot of attention to it, but I think it's something that we wanted to kind of discuss uh, more so as a Christian and as far as the church. Um, basically, let me give some background first. So, my name is Gabriel Menchaca. I'm uh, Hispanic. My um, my mom and dad, they were born in, uh, one was born in Texas and one was born in California. My dad's parents were born in Texas. My mom's parents were born in California. So then we go further back and then we find some Mexican um, or Native American slash Mexican roots. And uh, so that makes me a, a Latino <laughs> in America. <laughs> but um, but Chris, what is, what is your background? Like your... Uh, ethnic heritage so hello everybody um, this is my name like Gobble said my name is Chris Galvez um, born in Huntington Park California uh, lived there most about four or five then we moved to Texas lived in Texas about seven eight years and back to Cali where it all started so I am I'm, I'm actually descendant of both my mother and father are immigrants that came to America my mother's from Mexico City and my dad is from Guatemala, so they both came here as immigrants. Um, so I was actually a firstborn generation um, here in America. So that's kind of my background and where I was, where I come from, and kind of my my heritage with my family and things like that. Obviously, Southern California is a very predominantly Hispanic background rooted um, community. Um, so that's. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Do you get angry when uh, uh, someone would say like, "like Oh, you're Mexican," or like, like do you get? Is that offensive? <laughs> I don't think it, it gets me mad. It's more just trying to educate them. It's like trying to say everyone is, you know. I'm sure our Asian brothers and sisters get offended when someone says they're all, you know, they're all Korean when they're not all Korean. We all come from different <laughs> places, and it's just more of educating them and letting them know, hey, uh, we're not all Mexican. Mexican is not a race. <laughs> it's it's a it's a people group, and, and we're all Hispanic. We all come from Latin descent and things like that. So um, I think automatically people just put that two and two together. <laughs> and, and this is a sensitive issue, so we want to be very aware of that. And so, like, I mean, like, what I would say is this. Like, we're not aiming to be politically correct on right, this. Right, right. What we are trying to do is bring just some thoughts out. Um, if you some dialogue. Yeah, I mean, if, if someone listens to this and they walk away and they have another conversation about this, that's what we aim for. Yeah. That's what we want exactly. to do. Did you feel growing up or like living in Los Angeles or even in Texas, did you feel any sort of prejudice or I I will say this, I have encountered um, racial prejudice towards me and I've encountered racism because I think it's important to identify that okay. those are two different things, being okay. racially prejudiced towards someone because we all have preconceptions of everybody I think we're all guilty of being racially prejudiced towards everybody because of where they're from stereotypes things like that but and then there's another thing to be racist towards someone and 
feel superior to them because of their skin color from where they're from so i have encountered you know both sides of it um uh, you know not so much i think maybe growing up as a kid but i definitely have faced it more as an adult i've, I've had different encounters really you know just because of where my job has taken me traveling around all over the u.s i have encountered episodes of racism towards me because of being hispanic because of being a you know quote-unquote you know thought of as being an immigrant i remember one time being in salt lake city utah and the gentleman that was working at the store was a white male and he literally tells me you're he goes aren't you lost he goes you don't belong here <laughs> no he really? literally tells me that straight <laughs> out and i'm i'm there on a business trip for my job like you know and and i'm there staying in their city and he's, he literally tells me that he goes you're not from around here you don't belong here where are you from and I told him, I, I, I didn't even know how to respond to him because I was so shocked that he made that comment to me. <laughs> but um, even growing up in Texas, I remember my dad being pulled over a lot of times for no reason. Right. Especially in Texas. Here in California, not, you know, not as much, but in Texas growing up there, we lived there about seven to eight years. And we lived in a small border town called Brownsville, Texas, which is borderline with Mexico City. Literally, like, it's, you know, the, it's right next to the border. So living there being with him we countered many times where he was just pulled over just to just because they wanted to check the status of his citizenship literally you know and and thinking that he was up to no good or thinking that he was illegal or thinking things like that and and so yeah i have encountered that plenty of times i think like growing up in, in texas myself um i was happy to get out of texas in dallas there i went to lakewood elementary it was predominant there's there was not a lot of latinos there mm. and so like if there if you were hispanic you were in the spanish-speaking class so i was hispanic without knowing spanish right you were automatically put in that group yeah but they, but they they didn't put me in that class so i grew up thinking that was a different group of people mm. like i didn't even know how to identify with them yeah when later i realized those were people that i should have been more closely like identified with rather than some of my friends I grew up with. Yeah. However, what it did allow me an opportunity was, uh, I went to two different elementary schools, one was Fannin, one was Lakewood. Fannin had a lot of a lot of immigrant people there. Yeah. So there was there was uh, Asians, there was Cambodians, Koreans, Vietnamese, Chinese, um, there was uh, African-American, uh, yeah. Caucasian, yeah. like everything, there was everything there. And these were all my friends. Yeah. So that was cool. And then going to Lakewood, it changed a little bit where those, those uh, minorities weren't as present and so, like, my friends obviously changed. Right. And then um, later, like, growing up, I realized, dude, like, dude, we're different. I remember yeah. going into stores uh, in Dallas as a teenager um, and feeling this, like, like you know, like, what are these guys doing in here? Yeah. yeah. Like, really thinking, like, dude, do I have my money? Because I think they're going to they're gonna accuse me of something. And I could say, like, I have money. Like, like you know, yeah. <laughs> like, literally yeah. thinking like that. Yeah. And so, like... I remember coming to California. I moved here when I was about 18. Yeah. And I was like so happy just to walk into a store and no one cared. Like, like it was like, hey, like, you all look to be like here. me. Yeah, there's too many. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that that was really, I think, difficult. Um, I think anybody who faces that stuff kind of wants to talk about it but doesn't know how to. Yeah. And I think is. that's that's the, that's the thing we got to be is. careful with because we're not attacking anybody and saying, like, it's their fault. But what right. we're saying is what can we do? To help resolve, to help bring um, understanding, clarity, a road 
to specifically bring um, conversation about it, you know? Yeah. And I think that is something that, like you said, a lot of times it's, you know, like you said, we don't have any political agenda here today. We're not here to say this is, you know, this is, you know, we're not drilling anything down anybody's throat. But at the same time, having these conversations are uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think they need to be had. And it is meant to make you uncomfortable because when you start to purge things that sometimes we kind of just keep down and not want to talk about and race being one of them, because that is something that is very uncomfortable to talk about for a lot of people. And I think I've come to realize in my adulthood now that a lot of times we're, we're not educated enough. We're not allowing ourselves to be educated enough to understand the struggles that people go through for having colored skin, for being African-American, for being an immigrant, for being a minority in a group. Yeah. Um, especially here in, in, in American culture, I think it's something that we as believers, we as Christians that call ourselves sons and daughters of, of God ought to be able to talk about and to tear down those walls that kind of we, we, we tend to keep up because sometimes we, we might be oblivious to it. Sometimes we might be um, not educated on it so we feel like we don't have a place to talk about it but I think right. having these kind of dialogues like that we're having right now open up a place to not say you're right or you're wrong but it's a place where we can say let's get comfortably uncomfortable to talk about the things that we're facing in our country and in our nation right now and how do we as a church how do we as believers as the hands and feet of Jesus reconcile or reconcile that topic back to where it needs to be because we all know racism is a sin it's a flat-out sin so if we're talking about sin if we're talking about things that don't please God and don't make him happy then this is one of those topics right that we shouldn't shy away from just because it puts us in a place when we're uncomfortable right so I, I think that's kind of today's goal just to to kind of open up that place where you can say you know what yeah let's let's be a little be a little bit uncomfortable yeah about talking about this and I think too like to bring clarity um, we like, I'm a, I'm a full-time minister, and usually I'm overseas. I'm a missionary. I'm in different countries. Uh, when I come back, uh, we have a home church that's located in Huntington Park, California, which is southeast Los Angeles. Um, and that church, the makeup of it, is pretty diverse. For example, we have a Caucasian pastor. <laughs> we have um, uh, basically... Uh, we have Vietnamese people. And when I say this, I'm saying it as far as their backgrounds go. But in, in our eyes, we're just American. We're just people. Right. But but their backgrounds, like, you know, they're different. There's Latinos, Asians, there's there's African-American, Caucasian. And it is and it is a diverse um, place that I, I see, like, as cool. Because I'm like, dude, like, this is a representation of America. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's, it is what it is. Like, we literally do not see... I, like for me at least, when I when I see people here, I'm just like, oh, they're American. That's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, coming back into the states, that's what I see at our church, yeah. and that's our home. Um, I don't see that everywhere in every country. In some countries, there's one specific race, one specific group, one specific type of culture, and when you go in, you feel foreign. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. I'm saying like I come home to a church that I don't feel foreign in, and I don't think any foreigners feel that foreign in. Um, 
being in that church puts me into a mindset of saying like like hey man i really don't see and i grew up like that i really don't see differences i see people that yeah. want to serve god that's yeah. it that's it yeah. but with that being said it doesn't allow me to be blind and act like there is no prejudice racism right. Right. and not say or do anything and one of the things you hit on that i think i think for me too I feel like I don't have enough understanding to even right. speak on the subject. Right. So I try to kind of pull back from it. Right. So what would you say to someone like me? I would say, um, and by no means do I come here and I'm not some uh, justice and social justice expert, but I have come from a place of just taking, and I think I was in that place where you're at, right? You're, you're kind of like, I want to say something, but how do I say it or how do I go about it? And it's more of just taking the time to empathize with our colored brothers and sisters or minorities and um, being able just to walk alongside them and empathize. There's one thing to sympathize with someone, there's another thing to empathize with them because when you're empathizing with them you're saying what hurts you and what bothers you now I'm taking it on and I'm saying I'm feeling your pain, what you went through. And I think a lot of times the conversation especially when you grow up around just one people group you say okay i only grew up around hispanics so i'm only kind of aware to their struggles that they're going through i think one of the things that really opened up my eyes is starting to take the time to really empathize with our african brothers and sisters and um seeing what they went went through and a lot of times um i had this dialogue with um actually one of my family members one time and they told me you know, it's not so much like you said. It's not. We're kind of we kind of take this this perception or this notion of like we're just colorblind. You know, we don't we're not quote unquote racist. We we all love people from all kinds. But one of the comments that my family member told me was they just need to get over it, <laughs> and that kind of hit me because I was just like you you say you have friends or you call them. You know your african-american brothers and sisters friends but you don't take the time to understand their hurt and their pain then really you're just falling in to what everyone else is doing because if you're not taking the time to understand what they're going through then it kind of becomes like you know we become this whole mindset of like well it's not really my problem you become indifferent right right and i i think that really hit home because I, my response to that family member was just like, well, why don't you go and tell them what you just told me that? Why don't they just get over it? You know, this whole Black Lives Matter. And sometimes we start rolling our eyes like, oh, here we go again with this whole topic. Because, yeah, it is. You have to understand where they're coming from and what they've been through as a people group to really say, you know what? Dang, that sucks. That maybe you had more opportunities than your grandparents but you still have to go through this oppression that sometimes our society puts on you you know and it's not so much about how we see color but it's how we treat color right so it becomes like people say oh, i'm colorblind i don't see you know every everyone's the same to me but it's are they the same because are we all being treated the same that's what we have to ask ourselves are we all being treated the same regardless of our skin color and so that, that really opened up my eyes a lot to just start to understand and really, and you know, and going back to your question is you're saying, well, how can someone like me that kind of doesn't see that, I would just say take the time to, to 
to say, you know what, it's 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 not my problem, but I want to be understanding of someone else because if I'm truly, you know, someone that says I'm a follower of Christ and I want to be loving of people, then I need to know what those people are going through. I need to understand what they're going through. And um, I think sometimes we get too, too narrow vision on, oh, we're making it too much about them, but you don't understand the struggles that they went through. Just like we've all gone through struggles, but right. it's... But, but I get what you're saying that like the and I think that's a good point it's a valid thought like if you don't know enough mm-hmm. there's enough available for you to know right right, <laughs> right. so exactly. it's like it's like um, Take, there, you, yeah. you, you can actually go and find out yeah what are some of the things why are there so many like uh, uh, thoughts on this yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. why is there so much like passionate um, response to it right because um, right. there is there's I mean it's all it was all everywhere there was a lot of like not I don't want to just say chaos, but there was some chaos cause. Yeah. There was there's some uh, issues that were raised that were saying like, you know, hey man, this isn't right. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, uh, focusing on on finding out where to, like that you need to find information. Okay. So where do we go? What do we do? I think it's important to, um, especially as believers, understand that. This is something we need to respond to. Let, let's put aside where we're from, where we came from, what was our upbringing. It's okay now. The currency that that Jesus shed on that cross, that blood that He shed for us, for all of us. Now that becomes the currency of our unity, right? That becomes, you know, God's vision was very clear that He wanted all tongues, all tribes, all nations to be under Him, and yeah. so now that becomes the currency. And, and we ask ourselves, okay, well, what can we do? It's it's just taking the time to be understanding of it, to empathize with it, to be aware that it's there and not act like it's not just there. an elephant in the room that yeah, we're yeah. not addressing. Right. And, um, you know, there, there is no, I would say, you know, you're, we can't get mad at people for not knowing because I, I feel like I was once at that place where I didn't know. You know, and I think I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, right, does racism even still exist? Yeah, it's it's very active. And I I take it back to um, last year I had the opportunity to to visit um, the South here in the United States. And I went and I went and did a like a civil rights tour. So I went to South Carolina. You know, we went to Alabama. We went to different parts of Georgia. You know, and it was look, a civil rights tour? It's a tour? civil rights tour that you can take, you know, nice. and they start you out in... Greensboro, North uh, South Carolina, no, I'm sorry, North Carolina. Then you go through the South Carolina, Alabama, different parts of the states. And it's it's a heavy thing because especially growing up here, you're not aware. You're only, you know, shared the little bits and pieces that are shared with you in American history with, you know, Martin Luther King and, and the different great leaders, the Malcolm X's and the, and the Rosa Parks and all those. But when you go there, you get to actually go through the history of every single, you know, big thing that happened in our in our time in our country during the civil rights and it was very heavy and I, I remember just being there and just being blown away at the fact that those states are still going through segregation they're still going through like still to this day to this day in 2017 like there's still parts of Alabama where blacks are not welcomed and I, and I remember being there and I was just like wow like it's still going on but sometimes I think we because it's not allowed or not welcomed i mean they were not allowed they were not allowed they're still wow they're still judged they're still i mean there's not 
they cannot do that anymore. That's obviously illegal. They can't put a sign, you know. But there's literally segregation going on still to That's this day. That's crazy, man. And um, that really opened up my eyes just, just even further of wanting to know and wanting to educate myself more about what can we do as a people group in our country, in our society, um, within the church. You know, how can we be aware of what's going on? I, I think it's just taking the time to say, you know what, I don't know everything. And yeah. I, I, I think that's the first step to say, okay, what do we do? Well, let's let's realize that we don't have everything figured out, and that's okay. Um, I think one of the greatest analogies I, I was shown is that, you know, if, if we as a church are looking at a Coca-Cola bottle, you know, if we're on the backside, I'm only seeing the back of that bottle. Right, right. To where you is in the front, you're seeing the Coca-Cola logo. Shout out to Coca-Cola. But <laughs> you're telling me, Chris, I'm seeing Coca-Cola, and I'm telling you, Gabriel, I don't see that. So what are you talking about? How is that a problem? How is that sign that you're seeing Coca-Cola a problem when I don't see it? So it's taking the time to say, okay, this is an issue. Let me walk around a little bit so that I can see what you're seeing. You're seeing the Coca-Cola. Okay, I see it now. I see what you're saying now. And um, in particular with the church, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect... I think what's more saddening, I guess is the word, is is if we're going to be a people that address all things, let's not be silent about it. It's, it's yeah. more hurtful. You know, I heard someone once say, and even Martin Luther King mentioned that silence is betrayal. And in a lot of his letters that he wrote while he was in prison in Alabama, he said, it's more hurtful to me that my brothers and sisters of the church are silent during yeah. these times. Instead of saying, you know what, we're here for you. And, you know, we're praying for you. We're, we're standing. What can we do, you know? To they, didn't, come they, to didn't, they didn't go visit him to say, like, <laughs> like, hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? Because exactly. they didn't want to be, like, targeted or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's a, there's a movie... Uh, and as I understood it, it's based on actual events. Uh -huh. uh, but it's one of my favorite all-time movies. And I'll, I'll just give you the part that I want to talk about. And you guys will probably remember the movie. Yeah. But there's a character. Uh, his name, they call him Sunshine in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, it's, it's one of my favorite movies. Because I'm like, dude, yes. Remember the Titans. Yes. Yeah. So, like, uh, um, in this movie, <laughs> Sunshine, the character, he's from California. And so he's from, like, you know... He doesn't see race. He sees, like, these are my bros, you know? Like, yeah, these are my yeah. dudes in the football team. Yeah. And so there's a scene where he goes to a restaurant, and he's yeah. like, come on, man. Like, I got you guys. Like, no worries. Like, like you're with me. And the guys, and, and he's he's a, a Caucasian dude. And there's two uh, African Americans, and, and he tells them, let's go in here. And they're like, and they look up at the sign. They look at the restaurant, mm -hmm. and they're like, nah, we, we can't go in here. We know we're not supposed to be on this yeah, side of and, town. And so he was like, just come in. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So then they go in, and all this stuff happens. They get mistreated. And then they're walking out, and then they get mad at Sunshine. And I always thought, why are they so mad at Sunshine? He was yeah. just saying, let's hang out, guys. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and then I realized later, I, there was a valid anger, and that scene was, was valid because <clears throat> what they were telling him was pay attention to what we're saying. We're saying we can't go in here. And he didn't want to hear it because he was like, nah, like, no, nah, no, nah. like, that's the past or, yeah, or this and yeah, that. Yeah. And so, like, that for me is, like, I feel how the church kind of is. Mm -hmm. Like we're saying like, nah, it's all good, man. Let's hang out, let's do this, let's do that. And everybody's saying, 
you know, and then we go into this situation. We're like, what the heck? Why is everybody acting like this? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then everybody brings up the thought of like, we told you there was an issue. You just didn't want to hear it. Wow. And so that wow. for me is big on how like, yeah, that's like so the good. church that's so true. is kind of like looking at it, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause I mean, like that, you look at that movie and it, it was based on actual events yeah. when there During was, a, times, yeah, right? it was segregation. actual segregation and going for on me, in the schools. it's, I mean, still to that, to in that movie, I think it's still relevant for what's going on today right. as far as like how we should respond. And number one, we should listen to yeah. say like, what is the, what is the problem? Like, what are you saying? Like, yeah. why are you saying this? You yeah. know, yeah. not necessarily, um, we don't have to agree with how they're saying it. Like how, like if I have a friend who's African American and he says, like, he says something on, on Facebook, yeah. I don't have to agree with how he says it. Right. But I do need to listen. Yeah. Like I yeah. like some of my friends that I have on Facebook, they do vent and say stuff and and um, I read them all. Mm-hmm. I don't like them all, but I read them all because I'm yeah. like, dude, what are like what is going on? Like why are they mad? You know like and so like for me, I think that's a very big thing we should look at yeah. on are we listening? And I, and I think it's important too to always tie it back to you know the purpose and the why behind what we do as believers you know with Mm -hmm. with the word of god and sometimes they're like well you know you know racism you know that that, we don't talk a lot about it because there's not these like big words that pop out in the bible but it's very biblical and and the the bible is very clear yeah i mean for god so loved the world yes yes. like he literally in the bible it's written the world the world he didn't say for god so loved just the white people right just he didn't say asians or just asians no he said for everyone the world like everybody like that is the fact. Yeah. And I think one story that always sticks out to me, and if you guys have the time, read read the book of Acts, chapter one, chapter ten and eleven. I'm not gonna read one, the whole thing. 11. Acts no, I'm sorry. Acts chapter ten and eleven. Both chapters. Okay. So That's Acts chapter ten and eleven. Yeah. Read those and it's just the story of Peter and Cornelius. Peter gets invited by Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile, Peter's a Jew. And even in that time, it was frowned upon for you to socialize with someone that was a Gentile, if you were a Jew. So Peter takes invitation. Long story short, he goes, he visits. When he comes back, he he gets a revelation from God, letting them know that it doesn't matter where Cornelius is from. I love him. So he says something so powerful in verse 34 of chapter 10. It says, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And so Peter's kind of having this revelation, this moment where he's saying, it doesn't matter where you're from, where your background is, what your race is. We are not to be showing impartiality to no one because even in Peter's mindset, he was like, whoa, God, like he had to step back for a moment and be like, let me check my heart. Let me... Let me check because it's not, I'm trying to see the bigger picture now. So Peter is called upon by Cornelius in a vision that, you know, was given to, to Cornelius. And he, you know, he has them, his guards and his servants summon Peter to come to, to visit with him and his family. But um, even in, in the scriptures here, it says that the Holy Spirit revealed to Peter that there needs to be that that wall or that you know that curtain that is that is torn or broken between at that time what they were going through and viewing gentiles and saying oh we're not to even 
right. talk to them. We're not even to... So, a lot, you know, it just goes back to say that even in biblical times, injustices, social matters, things that were going on at that time, God was very clear about how we ought to approach it and how we ought to um, view it based on, on what he's showing through us by the Holy Spirit. And then we're not to have any impartiality towards no one. And not to say that, you know, obviously that's a given that, you know, we ought to treat everyone the way that we would like to be treated or God tells us, you know, you know, love, love people just the way you love me. And so love your neighbor as you love yourself. I, I think if we're asking ourselves not so much, do we obviously we care about them, but are we caring enough to say, you know what, our world is going through some things right now. Our, our society is going through some things right now. Our country is going through some things right now. Let's take the time and, and talk about it. Not just act like it's something that's not affecting you or someone else. Or I think it's important to have that revelation. Everyone has to have it for themselves to just realize that, yeah, you know what? It's not my problem. Me, as a Hispanic, have my own set of problems. So let me worry about my problems. The black people aren't taking time to worry about my immigration issues, but are they? Because the times that I've taken, they actually want to care and, and understand about what I'm going through. But yet, when we say, oh, you know, Black Lives Matter, it becomes this thing where like, whoa, whoa, whoa back off, Chris, because what about us? Don't all lives matter? Yeah. God was very clear. All lives matter to him. But right now, what we're going through, what we're facing in our country, a lot of the oppression is being thrown on them and it is important to take the time to say you know what yeah they matter their voice matters their opinion matters just the same way ours matter but i don't have to be afraid to walk down the street and feel like a police officer is going to shoot me for no reason to where they do and so their lives matter not, yeah. only, not only to to us as people but to god it matters to him I think, too, like, it's also the context of, the, of that culture. Like, okay, so, for example, one of the things that I was really awakened to was, um, I, obviously, this is a podcast, so you don't see me in person, but if you saw me, I have a beard, mm -hmm. I, have, I have dark uh, yeah. uh, hair, dark facial features. Uh, my skin is a little bit light. It's not, it's not totally, like, I'm, I, I like to call myself Carmel. But Carmel. Carmel. Like, I'm, like, a little bit Carmel. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> not dark uh, unless I'm like at the beach every day yeah anyways yeah I guess that's like a dumb I would point. say yeah anyways <laughs> I look I look I have the features of a Hispanic or of a Middle Eastern person yeah I can see that so in our time in Europe for example on my last flight I would just came I went into Romania for a, a conference and on on one of the flights uh, I felt a little bit of like this like racial tension I was like dude I feel like they don't like me and I, and I was just thinking like yeah, it's just me probably anyways I go sit down and they start coming through the aisles you know the flight attendants and they're serving the drinks like the sodas this and that and I'm sitting there wide awake I didn't I didn't look like I was asleep I didn't look like you know I didn't want to be bothered I'm just sitting there waiting and they get to me and they pass right by me and I thought oh maybe they're gonna go refill the um, you know the serving like thing or whatever and and they pass right by me and they go to the people behind me and they're literally 
just going right by me. They completely ignored me. And so I was like, no. Wow. And this is where my Americanness, my American, <laughs> like uh, we, we always, America. Vanessa and I always joke that uh, Americans, you know, we have like a, a, a way about us that when we go internationally, you know, that's an American. They're loud. They're a little bit obnoxious. Yeah. You know, they yeah. think like it's my way or the highway. And that is true about us. We do that a lot. However, at this point in time, I was like, I'm going to use that. And so I literally raised my voice and I said, excuse me. And the lady, the flight attendant turned around and she was like almost in shock. Because I was like, like, I, I like I would like something to drink, please. <laughs> and And so she came back and she was like so apologetic. And I was like, why is she so apologetic? This is why. Because yeah, she knew she, she did afraid. something. She, was... she knew she did something. So did the guy that walked by me. Yeah. They both, I think what happened was they thought I was from the Middle East. Yeah. And they were like, we don't want to serve him. Yeah. Um, the, the company that I was with, uh, they fly into Poland. And so that's one of their hubs. And so like I, I was on this airline. And what I understood was that in this city that I was flying into there's a lot of racism right now in, yeah. in warsaw yeah. there is and yeah. so like these flight attendants treated me this way in particular and so when i stood up and kind of said like no not i didn't stand up i just turned around you know adam mm-hmm. leaned over from my seat and just said it when they came back to me they were she was so apologetic and i think what happened was she heard my american accent mm. and she was like oh my gosh i didn't know he was american yeah it changed it changed it changed drastically completely. As a matter of fact, she came back two more times after that and was like, do you need anything else? Wow. And so for me, I was like, dude, the racial tension that I felt, that was real. That wasn't assumed. Yeah. Because later on in the flight, another guy, (laughs) he was Middle Eastern. Like, he was very clearly Middle Eastern. Um, I woke up from a nap to a guy yelling and a Middle Eastern guy yelling on a plane. You automatically assume something's happening. Yeah. So, like, for me, I was like, dude, what the heck? So my heart starts pumping, and he's yelling, and then I'm finally understanding him, and he's saying it in English, this is the fifth time you have pushed me. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Like, what is he talking? Wow. And he's talking to the flight attendant, and he's yelling at the flight attendant, the same guy that yeah. walked by me, yeah. that didn't serve me. Yeah. And he's telling him, this is the fifth time you have pushed me. He says, you, you need to walk away from me. This is unacceptable. And he's yelling at the flight attendant, and that guy's just standing there, and I was thinking... Yeah, I believe this guy. I think that guy was intentionally bumping him, pushing him, right. like just being right. a jerk, you know? Yeah. And so for me, like I look at that and I was really awakened to this idea of this racist like uh, attitude, like of like, of, we're better than you. Right. Like, you you are annoying to me. The superiority. And and this was rampant throughout Germany. Like wow. there was, I mean, I'm not saying every German was right. like this, but there was a lot of racial tension there. Um, I felt it. Uh, Vanessa felt it. We were assumed to be refugees until we started speaking. And then it was like, oh, you guys are American. Oh, you're from California. Oh, come in. Like, it totally changed. And I was like, dude, like, really, like, like, it really is something that we were awakened to because we had no clue of, of, of how it feels. Yeah. So then once we felt it, we were like, this is horrible. Yeah. So I started really, like, kind of voicing opinions to um pastors yeah. people in ministry um that some of them didn't even want to talk about it they didn't see it as an issue and i was i was sitting there thinking like dude it's an issue yeah. it's an issue because yeah. i felt it yeah but the yeah. thing is this and this is where it, the key factor is had yeah. i not felt it i probably would have never brought it up right and so i think right. a lot of us have to understand 
just because we don't feel it, just because we don't see it, doesn't mean it's not an issue. Right. So I think that's huge yeah. in really examining this, you know? Uh, and, you were going to say something? And just getting to the root of, like you said, like you, you went through that experience and you felt racism for what it really is. Yeah. Which is sin and which is coming from a root of superiority, of power, of thinking that you're better than someone. And I think some people say, well, you know, here we go again. Or, you know, why, why does... Especially now in the times that we're living, why do I got to keep bringing it up? Why, okay, we. I think we need to understand that we're never going to stop talking about it until the day Jesus comes back. Because we are all created in God's image. He created us uniquely the way we were, how we were, our skin color, how we were. God uniquely did it for a reason. And so to say that we get a pass on it just because we're a believer or just because we're part of a church or we're Christians or whatever the case may be to to say that we get a pass on not having to have this conversation we're actually defiling the image of God in one of our African American brothers or sisters or in our you know brother. we're not valuing them as right. much as we value ourselves and so to say oh we get a pass on it no yeah. we don't get a pass we just because we're believers of, of God or followers of Jesus Christ we don't get a pass on it it's something that we need to bring to the forefront and need to constantly be aware um, what's going on and how can we be um, better, I guess, handlers of, 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 of what's been given to us as a church, whatever community you may be in. And sometimes we don't see it because, like we said earlier, we're just around one people group or we're just, you know, we, we figure, ah, whatever, that's their problem. But I think the mo that moment that we realize it like you had that moment when you were just like wow this sucks like anybody that has to go through this it's it's terrible when we begin to realize that we begin to say okay this is the heart of god to nazi people the way that, you know i remember having that like kind of moment when i was in alabama and we were doing the the tour of selma from when the civil rights people walked from selma alabama all the way to montgomery and they did the walk all the way fighting for um, for voting rights and, and just kind of seeing the history. I remember being there and, and just tears running down my face because I was just like, why? Like, I was almost questioning God. Like, God, why do these people have to go through this? Because to them, you love them the way they are. You love them how they are because you created them uniquely like that. And your intention was never for them to have to suffer like this. You you know, our, our country was, was born and written saying all men are created equal. But yet, unfortunately, that the, that's not portrayed or that's not translated the way it should be because, you know, they had to go through this gruesome just time of living and, and they still go through it to this day. And I think it's important for us just to understand it and, and not shy away from it, not be a people that are just going to say, you know what. Um, and I think sometimes what the enemy will do is bring that in as a way of dividing people right it's, yeah yeah it's saying oh well you know you have your opinion like you said earlier you know we can always agree to disagree on certain topics but we can never shy away from what the true message is of god and that's to address the things that are injustices and i think even if people disagree mm -hmm. like okay like okay if there's two people that disagree on the issue yeah why not talk about it in front of other christians yeah 
instead yeah. of saying like, well, I just don't want to talk about it. No, talk about it. Yeah. Have some other people take a side. Yeah. Have some other people come to a place of decision right. to say like, well, this is what I agree with, this is what I don't agree with. That's okay. Yeah. Hey man, at least we're going to talk about it. Yeah. That's that's the main thing for me. Like I think like the, the silence of the church on many issues is the failure of the church. Yes. Like like yes. if if silence is is our goal, then we should be you know what every is time. It, Buddhist or you know what I mean like the, the ones who are just like sitting around and uh, yeah. the monks that just take the, the vow silent. Like I mean, like honestly, dude, like that's not we the church is to impact society. Yeah. The church is to influence society. The church is not to just sit by and let society dictate everything. Exactly. That, I, I mean, that's that's not what we're called to do. And I think you hit it on the mark by saying we ought not to be silent for all issues. Yeah, there's a lot because we got to talk about. There's a lot of injustices, and this is just one of them, but right. I think being aware that it's for all injustices, right? It's not Well, I It's not a, limited to one. Yeah, and I had a friend uh, he I We've known each other for some years. I don't hang out with him a lot, but I follow him on Instagram, you know, social media and this yeah. and that. And so he posted something about uh, there was recently someone uh, in the MLB. He uh, he yeah. made a face, and and my friend is of Asian descent, and he was saying how this is so offensive. Oh yes. And yeah. so he was yeah. bringing up the whole thought, and I had I didn't even know about it. Right. And so when he posted the video, like I was like, oh. And so I was reading about it. I'm just saying like, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about. But right. there's a lot of stuff that we should talk about. Right. That we're not. Right. Like, like, it, like this is one of them. You know? yeah. like, and then, um, it, yeah, we can go into many different areas with that thought. Right. But I think staying on this one, like, um, I think one of the best things we could do is if, if you're in a church or if you're in a youth group or a young adult group or a Bible study or a small group, life group, connect group, um, you, you go hang out after Sunday and go eat somewhere every Sunday, bring it up. Talk about it. Yeah, and and if people get mad, that's good. Like get them mad. Like in a way, like <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. Like why not get mad? Yeah. yeah, that's that's the first time we've ever seen someone life in you. You know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because sometimes we can be very surface level in our conversations, right? We get very just... well surface level, and then and then obviously too, like one of the like one of the main things we all go to, especially as young men, is every we all go to sports. That yeah. becomes a topic of conversation. Right. But if we were to take away sports and say like. Like how, do, or we were to look at sports. How does that affect society? Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. The athletes and the things they do affect society. Right. And so one of the things they're doing right now in sports. <laughs> I mean, like, so that for me is areas like we got to think about. Like, hey man, we got to discuss this more. Yeah. Like in in person to person, real life, not just from the pulpit, but also from the pulpit. Like yeah. talking about it from the pulpit. Like right. Where someone should say something about it if they're preaching. Yeah. If they're uh, taking up offering if they're if they're gonna do the announcements like if yeah. they're doing the prayer request put a prayer request in at your church you know what I mean say like hey pray for uh, uh, all the people involved that are Christians in the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. like pray for them like like yeah. God would give them wisdom you know like yeah. things like that where it's like that's real applicable stuff we could do in the church I think a lot of times like you know we go back to saying the same thing it's it does get uncomfortable I, I think it's important to clarify that today that when you have these conversations, it will get uncomfortable for some people. I've had these conversations multiple times with a lot of people, a lot of friends, a lot of just to pick their brain and understand where they're coming from. You know, because sometimes you can feel like you're an advocate for something and you're the only crazy loony one that's speaking up about it because everyone is might be just be afraid to. They might not be educated on it. But just know that these topics, they're OK to have and they're OK to be uncomfortable. 
they're okay to to get out of your comfort zone and be like, you know what, let's have these conversations that yeah. might change the way someone thinks a little bit because it wasn't even until challenge the way someone thinks. It wasn't until someone brought it up to me that I started to change mm-hmm. my way of thinking because a lot of times even though I'm not white and I'm kind of in the middle, I'm actually a minority. I'm a Hispanic, sons of immigrants. But sometimes we can kind of grow up in this American society where we lose sight and we think we're superior to others. And the truth is, it wasn't until and, and me being a believer, right? Here here I am being a believer of Jesus Christ, but yet thinking that, oh, okay, well, no, I'm a little better than the than the blacks, or I'm a little better than them, you know, on the social level or whatever. But it, no, 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 no. We're all in this together. Even, like, we need to think about it, too. Like, as minorities, it's not this, you know, we need to come together. We need the blacks. The Hispanics need the, the blacks. The blacks need the Hispanics, the Asians, all the minorities. We all need each other to be a voice because even together we'd, we'd be louder, right? To say something to do something and to just be responsible. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's the issue there. The responsibility, we always want to put up on somebody else. But it's like, you know what, man? No. Like, this is this is part of being a Christian. This is part of being a follower of Jesus. Yeah. He took on issues. He said, yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah. He said, let's deal with it. Let's just be present when it's going on and say something about it. You know? Yeah. Like, not just say, like, ah, oh, no big deal. You know? Right. Like, so, yeah. The silence, I think, is the big thing we got to really look at again. Um, so... Just like kind of clarifying it and understanding that we all need to be more educated on this topic. We all have room. Um, I've done a lot of workshops with um, different churches and been a part of workshops. And um, I think it's very important to understand and clarify that it's not a bash on making you feel guilty because you're not aware of it or yeah yeah or making you feel guilty because you are white or you are you know of hispanic the, asian what, right anything else other i than think it's important to understand because a lot of these workshops the majority of the folks that would come out to these racial reconciliation workshops that um, we're a part of they're predominantly white okay. white folks in america white folks in the church and a lot of them during these sessions and just kind of opening up their eyes to the struggles of african-american brothers and sisters of, of of minorities every single time it never fails that their their mindset leaving is feeling like man i feel so ashamed i feel so ashamed for maybe making you feel a certain type of way as being white or at one point in my life being you know racially privileged over you or just kind of feeling like their ancestry did something and i think it's important to address that feeling but to know that you don't have to stay there as feeling like guilty about something or feeling like i have to carry this the rest of my life that's why these talks and these conversations are here for to be able to address the issues collectively and saying you know what yeah we do do this to each other sometimes but let's talk about it and let's address it i think sometimes as a white person they ask us a lot well what what should i do next you know and I think it's it's just being able to challenge your own racial reality, mm-hmm. challenge your own as as a as a white person, and know that you you do have a lot of privileges in this country. But with those privileges, what you do with them, you know, and just acknowledge yourself as a racial being with particular and limited perspective on race. Like understand that, yeah, we don't know everything, but the let's particular and limited perspective. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's good because sometimes they do, and. and 
Um, going back to the, the last point is if, if we think that we're going to save, if we think that we're the savior, then we've missed the mark and we missed the point of, of what this is all about because it's not about, you know, Jesus is our savior. God is our savior. And ultimately yeah. he's going to reconcile, reconcile with us because like I said earlier, his blood was the currency that united us all. Right. His is the one that says, you know what? It doesn't matter where you came from, what tribe, what tongue you speak under, under, under God. There is none of that. When we can begin to understand that as a church, then I think it begins to open up a lot more freedom to have these discussions. Yeah. And a lot more peace and a lot more unity and saying, you know what? We're not always right, but that's okay. Let's let's work out together because that's that's the beauty about Christ, right? It's the beauty that, that no matter what background we've come from, where maybe your background says, no, you shouldn't have done it like this. But God is saying, you know what? I'm breaking all those rules, all those barriers that society puts on because that was never part of my plan my plan is for all you guys to be united i think it begins to tear down those yeah. those notions and those walls so it's it's not a bash on making others feel guilty it's just having the dialogue and, and recognizing what the issues are right right and, and having that a healthy conversation and i think sometimes we ask okay what can we do let's just be aware of it it's like if you saw something that someone did someone something wrong and you don't say nothing and you're kind of guilty too right you're 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 kind of in treason, in treason too because you didn't say anything you didn't speak up and say no what that person did was wrong and you saw it but because you were maybe too afraid or didn't want to get involved didn't want to get the hands dirty and become part of what the issue was then you kind of sometimes we shy away from it we kind of try to turn our face the other way and say you know what it's not really my problem but yeah no it is our problem it's it's all of our problem it's going to always be our problem until the day Jesus well, I would back. say this: like it is a problem, yeah, that the church has an answer for. Well said. Like, yeah, and I think like that's that's the main thing. Like if we're Christians, it is our problem. It is yeah. our responsibility because I mean we are the church, and for and for all issues, right? For all injustices, yeah. for all yeah, all things that we're facing in our country, and especially um, you know I'm a big advocate for for this, but I'm also a big advocate for. Uh, people that are struggling to um, get their their papers for being an American citizen, right? And so those are real struggles too. Yeah, that we as a church can't be like, oh well, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about uh, you know, it doesn't talk about immigration in here, right? But it doesn't have to say immigration. It's it's God's love. It's and, it's how, how can we be of help? How can we be of service? And even it? even for me, like I've never had to do that paperwork, right? But then when I went into Europe and we're doing mission work, mm -hmm. we had to do lots of paperwork. So I realized now you're a foreigner, right? All these people have to do this paperwork. And I heard that in the States, it's even harder. It is. So I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is ridiculous. So it's it's just a real challenging thing that I think like, yeah, a lot of that stuff we have to talk about. Yeah. And if you know, if anyone that's listening, if you guys want more information on on doing some of these workshops, uh, definitely you can message myself at um, my email is chrisgalvez24 at gmail.com. And um, we would love, you know, if you guys wanted more information or wanted to know more about doing some of these workshops, I, I think it's even more fruitful when it's not only minorities trying to do it. It's yeah, it's it's well, I think everyone it, trying to understand it. Yeah, everyone. And then, um, yeah, the United Front. Yes. <laughs> United yes. Front. But also, like, you're on Instagram, at 
uh, Chris C H R I S underscore Galvez G A L V E Z underscore and um, we you know we're we're trying to get a, an organization off the ground right now called uh, Believers for Justice and it's just to talk about all justices and, yeah and this being one of them that is big in our country and in, in America if you're part of the United States uh, even if you're not I, I I just got back from Peru and Bolivia. And um, I had the chance to just kind of talk to the different perspectives. And even though they face different struggles, they look at America and their eyes are glued to what's going on here. And they're like, yeah, like they were so like, I had the chance to speak to an Afro-Peruvian and just ask him, what are his struggles? What are the things that he's going through in Peru? And he's like, it's not, he goes, we face injustices and we face, but he goes, it's nothing like you guys are facing in America right now. And I was just like, wow like that's so true because even though he's afro-peruvian he still has the same rights as every single person that's part of that country because they don't look at it like that they don't look at it like we're gonna descale you from a job just because of the color of your skin there they really are it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter but here that's such a a big thing and just hearing the different perspectives around the world and, and in our country i think it's something that we can no longer stay quiet about and I think if the biggest takeaway, if you're listening to this, is just um, my heart and my prayers that you really just have a heart to hear and understand and, and take the walk around the bottle to see what others are seeing and to really empathize with the struggles that they go through. Around that Coke bottle. Around the Coke bottle. <laughs> around that Coke bottle. <laughs> see the other side. Not other bottles that you might be thinking of. but Yeah, man. And then um, also, too, for me personally, I just hope... I hope this creates more conversation on it. I hope yeah. people you know, just decide, like, like, hey, man, I want to ask about it. Like, I want to ask some of my friends. I want to ask some of my black friends. I want to ask yeah. some of my white friends. I want to ask some of my Hispanic friends. Like, what are some of the struggles you guys face, you know? Right, Because right. the truth be told, like, I, like on one end, um, living in Germany really exposed me to the, the racism that still exists. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also the nationalism. Uh I know that a lot of people, even with Hispanics, they'll say, like, um, you know, you're in America, speak English. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Um, in Germany, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was your uh, uh, Deutschland, Deutsch. Like, it was like Germany, German. Speak German. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, I feel that too, as Americans, that, man, that's not what we're about. Yeah. We're about, like, dude, you speak Spanish, I'm going to do my best to speak some Spanish to you. You speak Chinese, I'm gonna do my best to speak the Chinese I know, you know, like like whatever language you're speaking, I think like like to have that view of just like, hey man, this is a this is a child of God, this is a son or right. daughter of God. Right. Let's let's help them in whatever way we could, let's help them. So yeah, cool. Thanks, Chris. This has and, been good. Uh, I just wanna um, say thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you, Gabo, for opening up this topic. I think it's uh it's always good when we can be aware of what's going on, right? So yeah. Thank you for opening up this platform for others to be able to hear this. And uh, hopefully it really does spark something in someone's mindset and their thinking to realize that we don't always have the answers and that we need to understand that God's love is universal and he wants all of us to be united. But, you know, racism is a sin and we need to address it at the root of it. And hopefully um, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to it, and hopefully it's something that you can bring back to your churches, to you know your those that you're around. Just open up the topic, open up the dialogue to 
to want to understand more about what's going on to your brothers and sisters. You know? Yeah. So thank you, Gabo, for opening that up for us. And hopefully, um, if you guys have any questions, like I said earlier, you can always email me, chrisgalvez24 at gmail.com if you want more information. If you want to possibly do a workshop, uh, you know, we have a lot of resources to do that. We call them church, race, and uh, reconciliation within the church workshops. So those are always there, available to you guys. Hit us up. You can also hit up uh, Gobble as well. I'm sure he has an email, right? What's your email? Yeah. They, they can hit me up, Gabriel, at praisechapeleurope.org. Awesome. Love you guys. Hope you guys have a great day if you're listening to this. All right. It's good. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.